I would love to pray over overflow. And I'd like us as a church to actually stand to our feet and really come before God and ask for Him to have His hand upon this because there are thousands and thousands of young adults within reach of this place tonight who are living in darkness. And this is on for them to find Jesus and find life. And I think it would be the most beautiful thing is we as a church would cover it in prayer right now. So could we do that? I'd I'd encourage you to engage your heart. We're going to lift this up to God in heaven. Father God, we come before you right now and we thank you, Lord, that you love every single young adult of this region, Father God. And we pray, Lord God, and we lift up the beginning of something, Lord God, this thing tonight that we're calling overflow. And we pray, Father God, for you to have your hand upon it. We pray that you would bless it. We pray, Lord God, that here tonight, the lost would be saved, that young adults would come into this place and they would know that you are alive, that they would know that you love them, that they would know that you sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross for them. So we thank You, Lord God, that this region would be shaken by a mighty move of You, Lord God, that as this has been hosted tonight, Lord God, it would be the start of something great and mighty and magnificent. And we would truly see a whole generation of young adults getting on fire with life and love and having Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. So we pray that You would bless it and have Your hand upon it. In the name we pray that's above every other name, we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. And the church said, Amen. Yeah, come on, let's give them a round of applause. God bless it. See people saved, we pray. Thank You, Lord. Amen. You can grab your seats. Thank You very much. And be praying for it during today during the months ahead. The enemy wants to steal a generation and move them into a place of darkness. Not on our watch. <laughs> Not on our watch. We've got to deliver. We've got to deliver the truth. Church isn't boring. This place is alive. God is alive. His anointing is here. And the young adults of this region need to know that. So pray into that. It's going to be magnificent. Well, I have a message titled this morning, Jesus in the boat here this morning. God bless it. I won't pray too long. Have your hand upon this message in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Ange. You're awesome. Well, faith is a huge part of our life. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's no doubt about it that faith is so critical. Uh, The Word of God says that we can't be saved without it. We can't be saved without believing that Jesus came to this earth and died on a cross and rose again for our sins. But the Bible also says that we can't please God without faith. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who who seek Him. I would say for pretty much all of us in this room or a very huge percentage that we absolutely just are in full agreement here today that God does exist. 
We're in agreement of that. I'd like to think what it would be like if we would ask the question, do you wholeheartedly believe that he rewards you? That when you seek him, that he is a rewarder? Because that's an element of the faith that we're asked to have in this scripture. That as we would follow him and seek him, that he would have his hand upon our lives and good things would occur. Jesus in Luke 8 has a little bit of a go at some of his disciples. Uh, they're in a boat. There's a huge storm. Jesus is relaxed, so relaxed he's having a nice snooze. And uh, the Bible says in Luke eight twenty four, they went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and he rebuked the wind and the raging waves and they ceased. And there was calm. But it doesn't stop there. And then Jesus says, and he said to them, where is your faith? Where's your faith? Because in the name of Jesus, they could have had the same effect of what Jesus had when he asked for this storm to be quiet. We need to have faith. We need to have faith that I believe is ever-expanding and ever-growing. The longer we walk with him, I believe our faith should get deeper and wider and have more context to it because we're continually, when we walk in the way he wants us to walk, we're seeing him move in so many wonderful and mighty ways that our faith and our expectation should expand and go up. Hebrews 11 gives a great description of faith. Now, faith is the assurance the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. There's an assurance of what's ahead because of our faith, not in us, but our faith in him, our faith in him. And we're to have this great confidence that things are coming to pass. The Amplified Version puts it this way, now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses, by fact. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. There is so much that God wants to do in our life. We have to be aware of that. He wants to do so much in and through us. This beautiful, loving father of ours who's actually done it all, now it's up for us to play our part. Jesus has won the victory. The Holy Spirit has been poured out. Now it's up to us. Now it is up to us to play our part. The Gospel of John uh, documents seven miracles Seven miracles that Jesus does. Starts with the turning of the water into wine, healing of the nobleman's son, healing of the man at the sheep gate. Then it's the feeding of the 5,000. And then we see Jesus walking on water, the healing of the man that was born blind, and then the raising of Lazarus. Seven miracles that the Gospel of John uh, documents. Now, this isn't as much as the other, uh, the other Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, but he covers seven of these in his writings. Firstly, I just love that Jesus did miracles. I follow a miracle maker. And when he walked the earth, he was doing it. And as we sung here this morning, 
you still do miracles. He still does miracles. We cannot afford to live looking always in the natural. We've got to look. We've got to look at things and knowing that God is on the move. God is the God of the miraculous. And we've got to believe in our hearts that supernatural things can happen in our midst. Sue got up this morning and said, let's expect it. Let's expect these things. Let's expect these things around in our life. Because John wanted to really get the message across by selecting these miracles that, hey, you know, his main kind of theme was Jesus is God. <laughs> it's what he wanted to get across. And I love reading the very end of the Gospel of John because I get encouraged when you read in John twenty-one twenty-five. now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written... I suppose, don't you love his thoughts? I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Stuff was going down when Jesus walked the earth. Stuff was happening. And we can get an injection in our faith. We can get an injection for what is before us in life, knowing that this is how Jesus worked. When we get to John chapter 6, there's two of the miracles in that chapter. The first is the feeding of the 5,000. The 5,000 men. So you add the the women and then the children. It's like, he did a big job. Not with a lot. Fed everyone. Lots left over. And then we go off after this. and We read in John 21, 25. Now there are also many other things that Jesus did. Sorry, reading the wrong scripture down. John 6. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. They're trying to work out who Jesus is. And some people say, ah, okay, we're thinking a prophet. Therefore, he needs to have like a a kingly kind of role in the community. Uh, Jesus is like, nah, I'm out of here. Uh, He flees up to the mountain And then uh, we pick it up in verse 16. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. They got into a boat and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, coming near the boat. They're saying most of the parts of Galilee, it's about seven to eight miles. So they're about halfway. They've been struggling and Jesus comes to the boat. They were frightened, but he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat and immediately, immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. You can go to Mark 14, you can go to Mark 6 and read the same story, which different details come in from some of the other writers. John's writing his gospel after the other ones. This includes knowing to fill the story in a little bit more that uh, Jesus had actually indicated they go and do this. Uh, Matthew 4, 22, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. So they're walking under his instructions Uh, We read in the other Gospels that uh, he was walking out to them in the fourth watch of the night. That's between 3 and 6 a.m. 
Peter uh, leaves the boat and does a little bit of walking out to Jesus. We know that's the account in Matthew, if you've ever read the story in Matthew. So there's these other elements within it from these other gospel writers. But the reason, and I'll get to in a sec, there's a reason why I, I want to really illuminate John's account because of something I just read at the end there that really stood out to me. But I think about it, what is so important about this is, number one, of course, Jesus is symbolising his true divinity and his conquest of the natural world when he comes out and he's walking on water. Many years ago, I was at uh, the end of one of the, the conferences that C3 Church was hosting in downtown Sydney, and I was at this uh, meal at the end of the conference where a lot of the people involved in the conference and some of the speakers were there, and I found myself kind of drawn over to uh, two other gentlemen. One of them is a guy that I knew quite well. His father was a pastor in the church, and the other one was a gentleman who was in town. He pastors a church in Kuala Lumpur. And as we kind of got together and I got introduced to this gentleman, uh, they've got their phones out and they're watching videos of people running on water. And it's kind of like this, this moment of me kind of, oh, you know, and literally there's this video and you can look it up uh, on YouTube. It's been out, it's quite old now, it might be 10 years old, and they actually gave a name to this so-called sport of running on water it's called liquid mountaineering. Liquid mountaineering. And you're watching this, and this has got these athletic bodies in these, like, they must have been running in uh, cold water because they had these wetsuits on. And in the video, they start explaining that if you get the right shoes and if you run with enough speed and you hit that water on the correct angle, you can literally make some steps and run on top of the water. And I'm what it looks unbelievable. I'm like, oh, I had no idea. And then I'm like, surely not. But it looks so real. They're like, they're so convinced. The shoes, the speed, the angle. And you watch these videos and they literally do, 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 do. And they're taking like three, four, sometimes six or seven steps before they sink into the water. Liquid mountaineering. Now, obviously... Some people are so clever out there with cameras these days. Obviously, if you find a parcel of water that might actually be an inch of actual land under the water and you get your camera out, you can make someone look like they're running on water like this video does. I kind of got sucked in. I think millions of people got sucked in until, until the company that kind of was apparently behind it, that was kind of the shoes they were showing, said, yeah, 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 it's a hoax, it's a hoax. But then you find other videos and they're, they're trying to do it. But liquid mountaineering doesn't exist. People don't walk on water, but Jesus walked on water. I've never seen anyone do it, but he walked on water. This God who's on our side, this God that can walk this life with this, this is him. This is him walking on water. And these disciples, they find themselves in a situation and I really feel like this is for many here today where they're doing it tough. They were experienced in their own might and power. That wouldn't have been normally a challenge to go and row across the Sea of Galilee. A lot of them were fishermen. They spent lots of time on the water. That's not a big issue normally. But on this occurrence, as the winds came through, it became something where they're not making headway like 
they wanted to make headway and they find themselves in a situation where generally they're stuck and they're not moving like they would want to be moving. And they had been obedient to Christ. Obedience does not always produce comfort. And in this day and age, as the world gets darker, guess what? There are challenges before all of us. Are we going to shrink back? Are we going to be okay to be quiet in situations? Are we going to come out with our faith? And no matter what comes my way, I'm going to push through. I am a disciple. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm going to stand up for what's right. I've got morals and I'm going to live by them. There's a, there's a way of life that we're called to live. And, and sometimes doing what God does actually puts us in a place that can be a great challenge. <laughs> can be a great challenge. Growing up, there wasn't a lot of people around me in high school saying, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And I got turned on because of it. I got picked on. I had all sorts of things said about me. But I was determined. I wasn't going to let that shake my faith as a young boy, as a young teenager. I was holding the line. Was it always easy? No, it wasn't. But when we find ourselves in life against the winds, I think we can get a little bit on the inside of us of knowing when Jesus comes, when he shows up, how things can turn around. And we're not always going to have this hassle-free life. John 16 says in 32, Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in you you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. The disciples, tribulation was to come, but take heart, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Jesus walked out into that wind. He'll come no matter what you're facing. doesn't matter what's around. He's coming through. And when I read in this passage, and this really kind of helped me when I read this a few weeks ago to go, wow, this is, I believe this is a story for many. Because we read in the scripture there, they're in the storm. They're like halfway, they've been there. It's like three or six o'clock in the morning. They would have felt, I'm sure, exhausted. They would have felt tired. They would have felt like, man, are we ever going to make it? I'm sure. Then Jesus comes up and then the scripture says, and immediately... It's like the miracle within the big miracle story. Immediately they make it. They arrive to the other side. I love this about our God, that things that might look like they're going one way, we might be stuck when he comes through. How quickly can he push it forward to where it needs to go? That is the kind of God that we serve. And sometimes all we've got to do is get Jesus in the boat. Just say, come on in, come into my life, come and have your way, come and do your thing. Come and do your supernatural moves over my life, over my family. Come in. Let him do what he wants to do. This same body of water, from one moment they're stuck to one moment they're through. You might be in a storm right now. Maybe you're feeling like you're in multiple storms. You're at the end of yourself. I don't know if I'm going to make it. This has been going on and on. Don't lose heart. Jesus is faithful. He is coming your way. Sovereign intervention is coming your way. He's coming through. Don't give up 
one of the worst things we can do because that's not faith. Faith gives up. Faith doesn't give up. Faith gets through. Last week I pulled into the car park down at Lighthouse Beach where I often go for a little surf check and uh, as I pulled up in the car park, two of the gentlemen that I find myself frequently in the water with, they're, uh, they're at their cars and they're like, it's on, it's on, the outer bank, the outer bank. And I'm like, oh, this sounds good. So I'm like, trust you guys, but I'm still going to check it myself. So I kind of ran down the, the walkway to get the view of the ocean myself to make my own determination. As I get there, I'm like, oh, yeah, the boys are right. It's on, outer bank's on. And, uh, and I'm like, oh, looks kind of solid out there. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I've got the right board in the car because as the waves get bigger sometimes you've got to ride a bigger board to handle the power of those waves so I've only got one board and I ran back and I'm like boys you're right I'm out there and uh, when they said the outer bank for that period and it's been a little bit like this lately at uh, Lighthouse Beach is you walk out into the ocean and you've got the sand that's quite shallow and then you walk out you know 30 or 40 metres or something like that and then it's, it drops off and there's quite a deep channel but then the channel disappears and it comes back up to another sandbank. And what they were talking about, the outer bank, was the waves that were breaking way out the back, right on this sandbank. So I got suited up and I dive in. I'm really excited because I can see that it's pumping out the back. And there's like barely, it's just one of those days that was bad the day before and it's on this day, which means often a lot of surfers aren't down there checking because it was bad the day before. I'm like, it's I went pretty much in the water, just those guys. I think there was three or four guys way up the beach. And, and I start walking out. I get through across that first bank and then I'm kind of in that channel. And then as I come up to that next bank, I just get stuck. Like I'm talking, I'm just duck diving and duck diving and duck diving. And I'm just like, I don't know if I can get out to the outer bank, to where the waves are breaking and I need to catch. I just felt stuck. And what's going through my mind is, I don't know if there's anything... More shameful as a surfer to turn around and go back in before you've caught a wave. And any surfer, you just do not, at all costs, you do not want to go there. That is just like, who, who's up in their house who's been watching me? What are they going to think? You're like, you start this, goes, but I'm like, I'm generally, and I'm, I can paddle. I'm fairly fit out, surf fit, and, and I'm just struggling, just duck diving after duck diving after duck diving. And it just felt like I was not making way. It was just, I, I'm just like in the same spot. I'm just like... And then all of a sudden, and I don't know where I'd moved across the bank, but all of a sudden, zoof, I just literally, I was out there in an instant. I was stuck, 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 stuck. I must have moved to where there was some current and a break in the waves, and woof, I find myself right in the spot that I need just like that. Just like that. I felt stuck giving up. If you feel stuck, like giving up, if there's areas of your life that feel like that right now, hang in there, have the faith because he's coming through. Can we give him a round of applause? Because that's him. And when he comes in and he gets in our boat, we can believe this. And we invite him in to all parts of your world. All parts of your world. And we do go through things, and I know that. But always, always lean into him. Lean into him. Probably the biggest health battle I've ever, ever got was... Uh, when uh, Cleo was a, a small baby and I um, was, got really, really sick. And you know when you're sick, when you call your dad, who's a retired doctor, and he says, son, get in the car right now. 
and go straight to the doctors. You know that that's not a good sign. You're like, okay, Dad. And you know when you get to the doctors and they kind of see you quite quickly and then literally the doctor goes, um, you need to go straight to hospital right now and literally the doctor gets out of the surgery chair and while Natalie's going to fix up at the front desk, the doctor walks you to the car. You kind of know, okay, this isn't looking too good. And then when you get to emergency at a big hospital and you're thinking, oh, how long am I going to be here for? And you literally sit down and you hear your name within seconds. You're like, okay, something's going on. And I was really sick. And it turns out I had meningitis. And those early moments of testing, they're like, okay, this goes two different ways. One of them, you're kind of going to be all right. But if it's the other one, I think it's the bacterial one, if you got that, this cannot be good. And I remember through that whole, I remember that morning quite clearly. And I remember the tests and the lumbar punches they're doing and trying to assess all this stuff. Somehow in the middle of mayhem, in the middle of what was a storm for me, somehow I just felt safe. I felt like I was in God's hands. I had the faith to believe me as Hartley Frederick Taylor in the hands of an almighty God that loves and cares for me. I'm in his hands. I just do life like that. I'm in his hands. And I tell you what, man, it was just a great comfort with all this stuff swirling and doctors around you to just know because Jesus is in my boat <laughs> that I go with him and he goes with me. The winds are up that night for the disciples. Not good. They've been going hard all night, not getting fair, not good. But then they see something, and it's Jesus. And the other gospel writers actually, you know, comment a little bit more, saying they're frightened and they're like going, ah, there's a ghost. Like, but these are the words, and I love these words, and we've just read them in John's account. It is I. Do not be afraid. It is I. And I believe for some people this morning, hear those words. It is I. Do not be afraid. Take comfort from those words. For those disciples, I guess that's, oh yeah, that's the one that's done the miracles before us. That's the one that's, yeah, really doing some pretty and crap. And he's around. It's all going to be okay. Jesus in the boat. He brought the peace, brought another miracle. The circumstances change around. And if we can just include him and have some faith to attach to that, be excited immediately. And I believe there's some people here and there's some situations and it's about to come through very quickly. Some things that have taken a while, they've worn you down. Some immediately situations and miracle breakthroughs are about to happen. That word immediately your theos in the Greek has a usage of straight away and forthwith also. Are we going to live in the natural or in the supernatural? Today, lift your eyes. Get above the natural. Know where your help comes from. Look to him, Jesus. Don't be afraid. Get him in the boat. Believe him for your breakthrough. And stand on the promises that we all have access to through his word. Galatians 3. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things 
through him who strengthens me. Matthew 19, but Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. 3.20, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. John 14.13, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Mark 11.23, truly I say to you, whoever says this mountain be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. I'll get the band to come up right now. We can row the boat in our own strength or we get Jesus in the boat and let him take it to where he wants to take it at the speed he wants to do it with the peace that he wants to do it. And when we live in this place of God coming through and the miraculous at work, there'll be lots of moments where people out there will see it and then it will be like, ooh, your God's alive. Your God's not dead. He's alive. And I'll start to inquire. I'll start to ask the questions. I remember when I was young, my, I'm one of six, and my older brother got a really, really bad diagnosis from the doctors, you know, around his back. He was told, you need to cease any form of contact sport. You know, you're done. That's how it is. You've got this disease and that's your future. Started declaring what his future would look like. Well, praise the Lord. Our parents took us to church when we were young. And he received some prayer. And in this prayer, he believed that he got healed. So he went back to the doctor. New tests, new scans were done. The doctor was baffled. It's like, you had this thing. Now you don't have this thing. I know you love to play footy. Go and play footy. Go and kick balls. Go and do whatever you want. Got no explanation, but you are healed. What a testimony. What a testimony to that gentleman and others that would have heard the story. And when God is on the move, that's what happens. So including Jesus in, it's the way to do life. You get him in your boat, you allow him to do what he wants to do. A miracle working God. In a moment, we're going to sing a final song and we're going to really stand with some people here today believing for the miracles in their life. But the biggest miracle is when the sins of a human are taken off their life and they go from a place of being far from God to fully connected to God and have eternal life as their destination. And you might be here in the room, you might be watching online and you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never invited Him into your life. You don't know what it truly is to live a life of freedom and having all of your sins forgiven. Today you can know that freedom by receiving Jesus into your life and saying yes to Him. So if you've never done that, in a moment I'm going to give you the opportunity. We'll get people to bow their heads and you can just raise your hand and then slip it straight back down again so I can see it. We can pray together. 
If you've said a prayer before, but you could be honest enough with yourself today to say, you know what, I have said prayers before, but I've completely slipped away and I'm in a place far from Him right now and I need to come back, I would encourage you, if you want to take that step back with Him today, to also raise your hand. This is the great miracle. A human life saved. A human life that's going to be in heaven for eternity with God. So can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? If you're here today and you want to receive Jesus Christ for the first time and receive that gift of His forgiveness or you've said a prayer before, you've slipped away and you want to come back. If you're here today and you say, yeah, Hartley, that is me. Could you just give me, just raise your hand and say, yeah, Hartley, that's me here today. I'll see it. I'll acknowledge it and you can put it down again. This is the great miracle, the miracle of salvation, of a beautiful life. It's the greatest thing any human can ever do is to receive Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What a delight it is to walk with you. We're grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful. Help us, Lord, to tell others of your goodness, to lead others towards a relationship with you. Anoint us to do that well. Can we all stand to our feet? We're going to sing this song. But the other thing we're going to do is we're just going to open up the front of the church. We often refer to it as the altar. Because we're going to pray if you need a miracle. We want to pray this morning in agreement with you that the miracle is coming. I want to pray with you. I want to believe with you. Sometimes we have faith, but to get around someone else who's got faith with us, it can be a mighty great combination. And if you're here and there is a miracle that you need in your life, Come, we'd love to stand with you. I was preparing. A few things stood out. And I saw an image this morning and there's some separations in some family. And I saw a wedge, but the wedge was only made of wood. We think that it's just there and it can't be moved. It can be moved. Jesus wants to move it. So if you're here today and there is some wedges in your family and you're believing in faith for a miracle, I'd, in, I'd encourage you to come forward. I believe God's going to do something mighty in that place. I saw here today some people need some healing. I saw uh, some shoulders being healed and I saw some eyes being healed. So if you need healing, come forward. And particularly over those things, I'm believing God's going to move over that here this morning. I know and I, I've sensed this for a while now, there's people and there's salvations for loved ones of yours and it's not happening at this moment, but you want to see them saved and you just want to stand in the gap for them. Come forward for prayer here this morning. Cancer is not beyond God. Cancer can be healed in the name of Jesus. If you carry cancer in your body, come out of your seat here today. He's a miracle worker. He's a miracle maker. And it can happen. It can happen. It can happen. And financially, if there's a burden and you need help, come forward. We're going to believe here. Believe, believe, believe for a breakthrough there. And if there's another miracle that you just need to see in your family, in your life, 
We're going to believe, going to believe, going to believe. So Father God in heaven, we thank you. Lord God, for the difference you make when we just invite you in and we're inviting you in right now. Get in our boat, Lord, we pray. We thank you, Lord, you're on the move. We can believe in 2023, in 2023, that you are moving with might and power and that you love us and the challenges we face, they don't have to stay that way for any longer, God. So we're praying across this room this morning for miracles upon miracles, for breakthroughs, Lord God, for healings. Father God, we lift up, Lord God, the future, our future to You and we pray that You would move, God. Greater Your ways, greater Your ways. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. If you'd like prayer, come out of your seat. Come out of your seat.